2: My only
3: object in being here is to try and get at the truth. Where shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. could have been a contender. Fasten your state. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a
4: golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm going to make him an awful deal. All real, men. Love is... is well, too weak a word. for back. I, I, I,
1: loathe I, 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 know, I loathe you. No, I
0: loathe I, I you.
1: you I did as he Don't
0: let me...
3: If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructor. This ain't reality TV! Respect it! Invalidate it. Remember that's what you told me! It's time, Robbie!
4: Welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast.
3: And the
0: Oscar goes to...
5: Parasite. Hello,
4: everyone, and welcome to episode 180 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia, and we are recording this following the 92nd Academy Awards, where... <sighs> Nothing happened. I had this
5: weird dream that Parasite won Best Picture. It wasn't a dream. It was real.
4: (laughs) The bong is being passed around. Everyone is taking a hit on this one. We are all high on cinema. Ladies and gentlemen, Parasite has won Best Picture, becoming the first foreign language film in the history of the Academy Awards to do so. Here to talk to me and to all of you about it, I have... Dan Baer.
6: Horn went out for the
4: Irishman. Oh. Man. Nicole Ackman.
7: <laughs> I'm so much happier than I was last year.
4: Cody Derricks. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren Lamagna.
5: I believe in miracles.
4: <laughs> Josh Parm.
3: Only one word: respect.
0: Respect. <laughs>
3: and tom o'brien and i'm flying high
4: (laughs) exactly oh my god so i can't get enough of this i'm I'm like in a euphoric state right now and i just want to live in it for as long as i possibly can it's like oh this is what it must feel like to see donald trump get defeated uh, for a second term (laughs) like that that's like the feeling um it's it's indescribable almost i've almost been like in a state of um perpetual tears uh at any given moment i feel like i could just start crying my heart is so full with joy it's it's a really really incredible thing when the academy actually does reward um objectively general consensus wise the film that unites uh all of us and yes people that means that for a brief solitary moment in history film twitter was happy (laughs) (laughs) It's (laughs) <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it, it never happens.
5: Film
6: Twitter <laughs> has now ceased to exist. Now that everyone has nothing, have anything to fight about, it has blown up.
5: But everyone, like, take it in and just understand this will never, ever happen again. Not
4: Well, not necessarily. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, one can only hope, right? I, you know, one thing I was thinking a lot about in regards to this moment and the feeling that it did give off was... This is what it should have felt like for Moonlight that evening. Mm-hmm. Instead of confusion yeah. and a lot of every other emotion that we were all feeling with the roller coaster of La La Land, Moonlight winning with no interruptions or disruptions at all. Um, that's what this felt like. Like that, that. That's what that would have felt like. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: it, it, and I just, I, I just keep remembering the roar from the audience when Jane Fonda. Said Parasite. Oh my god,
5: and that look in her eyes where oh was like, Parasite just won, didn't it, Jane? To say it,
4: I tell you, like, she,
6: like, this is why you get a goddamn legend like Jane Fonda to read Best Picture because that woman knows,
8: you know, did anyone is, else kind of have is, intuition, <laughs> like, once Best Director happened, that like, wait, this actually might happen? So, in that, I like, that definitely, pause, ha- I was like, it's yeah. happening. No, and she, but she knew that it would create tension. There was always the fear that
4: 1917 could still take picture. And it wasn't so much oh, like yeah. a fear. I will say this if it had happened that way, I would be more upset about that outcome than I would have been. About uh, 1917 taking both, if you can believe that. Yeah, that would have been Because worse. if you're going to go so far as to give us the surprise of the night with Bong Jun Ho upsetting in director and then not give the film picture to follow that, it just would have been like, oh, we're here with Roma all over again.
8: This is one of those cases where, much like La La Land, not winning best picture is the best thing that could happen to yes. 1917's legacy. Yeah,
4: agreed. Actually, and Parasite's legacy, just like Moonlight, I think is so strong already exactly. that it'll be able to withhold any backlash that may come its way as a result of winning this prize in the future. It's easily already one of the greatest Best Picture winners of all time.
8: Yeah, it's in my top ten. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: Oh, So. Uh, There's a lot to talk about other than the historic night that Parasite had becoming the first foreign language film to win uh, Best Picture. Uh, What I want to do is I want to, you know, kind of take us through uh, the evening as we go along here. And, you know, the first thing uh, that comes to my mind right away was uh, this really, really entertaining opening number from Janelle Monae and musical guest Billy Porter and... Just the costumes from movies that weren't even nominated. It it was it was awesome.
7: For a moment, I truly thought I was watching the Tony Award. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it had that feel.
6: It was that everything is
8: everything. Did anyone else feel though like they designed the costumes before the nominations came out? Because I was like, oh, they thought. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to get not that mid was going to get nominated for anything, but there was was, like a lot of stuff. stuff. There There was Queen
4: and Slim, Uncut Gems was was up there. uh, Us, yeah.
6: And the funny thing is, like, so uh, talking with, like, my workmates this morning about the Oscars, because, of course, everyone talks about it, and everyone still watches it, even though people are like, no one watches it, the ratings are down, blah, blah, blah. No, everyone still watches it. But it was funny, because they were all like, my coworkers didn't like it, because they didn't know what it, what all those movies were. Oh, And they're like, I I don't know, like... I just didn't like it. I didn't know what was happening. Why was she singing this? What were the dancers doing? It was so random. I don't, I guess it's just not for people who, you know, don't go to the movies all the time. Like you do.
4: You know, when Janelle Monae comes out dressed like the May queen, I'm sure anyone that hasn't seen Midsummer is probably thinking that is a hideous outfit.
6: <laughs> I'm Living for that moment. It was everything. I didn't even know I wanted.
5: But the show the is for, yeah, and this show is for us. It's for people who love going to the movies exactly. and we love movies. So we all got yeah. it. And that's where we thought, okay, this is also our night in a way. It's not yeah. just for the people in the Good. room. It's also for us, the people who right. went to the movie theater and loved watching this stuff.
4: It, and that brings up actually an interesting point that I want to just address here. Um, the ratings were at an all time low for this ceremony. And I know that there will automatically be some red flags that get thrown up as to what that means and what that also um, will mean for the future of the Academy Awards moving forward. I think they just need to embrace the fact that this is truly a niche thing now for exactly the types of people that you guys just described, and it's okay, maybe not right away uh, because they're locked into this contract, but uh, you know, at some point, just move it over to a streaming platform. In all honesty, and just you know keep it niche um i know they got to sell ads and such for it in order to you know pay for this academy museum and everything else but i don't know about you guys i like it when they have the razzle dazzle and these like big numbers and stuff but at the end of the day if it was just them in a room in front of a microphone just announcing winners without any of that i'd still be into it you know like yeah and the awards of yore yeah
5: yeah, and the, this thing is the trend of decreased viewings happens with every single yep. award show. It happens with the Grammys, it happens with yep. the Tonys, it happens with the Emmys. It's every single thing. It's I'm not just the Oscars. Yeah, it happens I with think, every single award show. So I think the Oscars says, still is the highest rated.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I think it just says more about our uh, TV viewing habits as a country than it does about anything specifically with the Oscars.
4: And, you know, there is going to be a question of whether or not, oh, if you have a host, uh, will Mm -hmm. that draw in more people? I I think that that draws in not the younger demographic, but maybe just the um, an older demographic that is familiar with having a host, you know, and um, I don't know if that fixes the problem necessarily. I, I still think for a second year in a row, I thought the show went perfectly fine without a host. And I just, think yeah. if it was
7: the right host, it could
4: <sighs> Well, I also think, too, what they, what they wisely did this year uh, was they, they chose the presenters very wisely uh, so that this way we could have, like, comedic bits that a host might normally uh, provide, uh, but they were given mostly to the uh, presenters. And, you know, they had Steve Martin and Chris Rock come out and do an opening monologue, though, as if they were hosting. <laughs> it,
6: but yeah. it was... I don't know. I felt that last year the no host thing worked much better. Like the, the ceremony was streamlined. It was easy. The presenters did a little bit, but didn't take too much time. And this year is like, there were presenters for presenters. <laughs> that I'm,
4: I don't understand weirdly, that at all. But
6: Weirdly, no presenters for most of the musical numbers. Yeah,
5: that was weird.
6: And like, th- there was so much filler this year.
8: Yeah, it yeah. felt, like, kind of empty, especially without the yeah. musical performers having an intro. Uh, intro. To, like, especially because so much of the musical performances, I was like, why are we doing this? So, like, give it a little context. Like, the Eminem performance was just kind of like, oh okay. I,
4: I, I don't care what anyone has to say about that. I don't care your, about your comments. I don't, about your I don't care about your questions. I don't give a shit. That was freaking awesome. <laughs> and no, I was saying, loving love it. <laughs> but
0: it's I a long show. Though. Why? It yeah, it
8: wasn't is. like it was an anniversary or anything I don't, yeah. I don't
4: understand I think it was just one of those things where hey we're gonna do a montage for um academy award winning songs or just important music uh, songs in movies and I I don't know who came up with the idea and who was like crazy enough to be- think like should we call him should we see what he's up to <laughs> you no, know was,
6: yeah, probably but, you Eminem know? himself did because he's trying to stage his comeback oh I mean, he's got he a, new new, a, new yeah, yeah, a new album out
4: that's true yeah yeah uh, but you know what I, I, listen he didn't get to perform the show uh, when he won the Oscar uh, he get to perform the song when he won the Oscar for it because he chose, didn't
5: go he,
4: well he didn't think he was going to win <laughs> It was good. To, it was good for him to have that moment. I was very, very happy about this. Okay, as a as an Eminem fan, I was like, you know, whatever.
6: Look, I. It was an amazing performance,
4: and we got it. We got a GIF, a, a meme, if you will, of Martin Scorsese sleeping during the award show. All right.
5: <laughs> and <laughs> De Menzel once again became a meme again during the Oscars. <laughs>
7: Her reaction to Eminem was also my reaction to Eminem. I won't lie. But
5: <laughs> also. I
6: think Josh Gad had the line of the night with Adina Mandel, pronounced exactly the way it <laughs>
5: spelled. <laughs> that was, he's so a good funny. one.
4: There was also a musical uh, performance from Ukarsh Um uh, Budker. I, I think you say uh, from um, Brittany Runs a Marathon." Even more random. I
7: really enjoyed. I like that, that though, one. because at least it felt very tied into the show. You know, he was doing. He just finished um, "Freestyle Love Supreme" on Broadway. Uh and and he was, you know, doing his his bit about the show thus far. And at first I was like, Why is this happening? But by the end of it, I was like, Oh, this is really fun.
4: A lot a lot more people with time I think are gonna get to know who he is. He was in blind spotting, Brittany runs a marathon, he'll be in Mulan uh later on this year.
3: He was in pitch perfect. But I'm yeah. sure a
4: majority of people were like, Oh, this guy's good, but who the hell is he? Yeah.
3: They didn't uh, introduce him at all.
4: Exactly. It was, it was like crazy. so bizarre. The musical performances themselves are like the nominated songs, though. Um, you know, Randy Newman, I'm like, OK, next. Like, we've seen this before. <laughs> they you know? needed
6: dancers. Where was Debbie Allen when you need her? <laughs> like, he needed some dancers, some tap dancers or two steppers or something happening while you were uh, singing. <laughs> yeah.
4: Uh, Cynthia Revo's uh, song, uh, Stand Up from Harriet, was amazing. Mm-hmm. Very,
6: very oh. well captured on camera. Talent. Pure motherfucking talent.
8: She was the best performance of the best song and nominees, mm-hmm. in my opinion. By far. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, too, because like, I think listening
4: to the songs. Um, it wasn't the one I would like immediately like go to and be like, yeah, I'm gonna pick that. Like the narrative for Rocket Man and for Elton John yeah. and Bernie Taupin was pretty strong. I think it overrode um, us picking based on quality. It was just like, yeah, I want to see Elton John and Bernie uh, Taupin win. Uh, together, And their performance was fine. It was better than Randy Newman's, but it didn't blow me away like Sylvia Revos did. Like, that was yeah. great.
0: And it
5: was also really cool seeing all the 10 Elsa's with different languages sing. That was very cool. That was
4: a that great, was really great decision. Cool. That
7: was really lovely.
4: Yes. And let me tell you, I'm not a fan of that song, and I know a lot of us here prefer Show Yourself from that uh, movie as well. But man, oh man, just listening to her perform that live and also in that rendition, with, like you said, with the other um, singers, uh, it just... Really, really well done. And then something from Breakthrough happened that I honestly didn't pay attention to at all.
7: I <laughs> literally like, I left and went to the bathroom during that. That, <laughs> was a,
6: I, that was a shockingly good performance.
4: I have to go back and rewatch it because literally I think I was just on my phone the whole time talking to people. And it's I just, just was like, I don't like, care. Yeah, I An
8: anonymous song. So. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, But, I, but,
6: yeah.
3: I realized but she that, sang it really well. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that Chrissy Metz had a voice like that.
8: Yeah.
6: I mean no, she said a it, couple of times on This Is Us, but she has not sounded that good.
5: Yeah, the thing that just threw me, that was the first one that didn't have a presenter. I'm pretty produ- like yes. Jaskad introduced the Elsa's, but then one someone won an Oscar, then all of a sudden she's singing. Yeah. <laughs> so that kinda threw me for a sec.
4: So a lot of musical numbers all throughout the show that kind of like wake the audience up, not and also too probably for just people watching at home just to give people something to enjoy. I, I like the atmosphere that that does create. I think this year they went a little overboard. I thought there were, were maybe a little too many, but um, I, I can't deny that it produces great television. And I'm sure it must feel amazing if you're in the room.
3: I bet, I bet it does, you know, and, and I'm so glad. It used There used to be years ago... A medley of ninety seconds of each song. I hated that. Hated.
6: hated That That was so bad. Oh.
3: And so I'm really glad to hear everything separately in almost its entirety.
4: There were times where also, too, from a production standpoint, like the camera would be like swirling around doing like these crazy moves on a crane or what. Not a crane, but you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, "Yo, they're like Roger Deakinsing the shit out of this right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, nothing compares to A Star is Born last year and just how amazing that looked visually. But it was still a really good show uh, presentation wise, regardless. Um, Steve Martin and Chris Rock have this opening uh, bit couple of good jokes in there. The Cynthia Rivo stuff was bad. I'm sorry. I didn't so like that. She looked so
8: uncomfortable. I felt, I felt bad. so bad. You
6: can't put all that on her, you no. know? It, it's just, yeah. Not
4: it's funny. not fair. I know you got to address the elephant in the room, but I thought they hammered it a little too much. Like, they did, I think they did two or three jokes when it, when it should have just been, like, one, and let's, well, like, just address the, it, you the know? The
8: concept of, like, pointing at her and being like, what do you think about this, Cynthia, is, like, not something she has to, like... Work, you know, she doesn't. It's not her responsibility.
4: A, yeah, it's not her fault that there aren't any other nominees of color.
8: Like,
0: right. Th-
4: let's not put it all on her. And you know, it's interesting too because you know the lack of diversity in the nominations. You know, something that we uh, all talked about uh, for for how much. Uh, that is still an issue. It, it really seemed like not that the Academy went out of their way necessarily, but um, still in terms of the winners that we got, it just felt like a very diverse uh, crop of winners that we received overall throughout the whole evening, at least.
7: Yeah, everywhere about hmm. acting.
4: <laughs> True. Well, we didn't have diverse winners in general in, that, in those categories. It was just the same winners all season long. Yeah. <laughs> nope. yeah. Starting off with uh, Brad Pitt uh first award of the night best supporting actor for once upon a time in hollywood
5: Uh, i'm happy he won like i think he deserves it he's had a rough couple of years i feel like we're all on his side and even though he's been known this award season to have those really awesome really funny speeches he got emotional this time and like when he like looked at the and said you know once upon a time in hollywood who would have thought it was a really warm moment for me and i think it kicked off the night nicely
0: yeah.
6: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I thought so too. Um I, I thought that the speech was going to be a little bit more profound and a little bit better than what it was, but I you could tell, like, yeah, he I think that got him. The, yeah, the coolness factor wore off when it was like he just got caught up in the moment. And yeah. sometimes that's nice too.
6: Yeah. And hey, I mean, taking the time to Advocate for
4: a stunt Oscar. Yes. Pretty Mm -hmm. fucking cool. Let's get Keanu Reeves and Tom Cruise
0: Oscars.
4: (laughs) Um, The other thing, too, and this isn't having anything to do necessarily with um, what happened here, but I want to just point out how important it was that Tom Hanks was in the front row tonight. That's all I'm going to say about that, because I'll I'll come back to that later.
8: (laughs) At award shows, he's really kind of taken the place of like what Jack Nicholson used to be at award shows where they'd always point to him and he's having a good time.
3: Yeah. You know, but he had a key moment at the end of the night, which was great. Exactly.
7: I just want to say, did anyone else really enjoy um, Tom Hanks' wife, Rita Wilson's uh, reaction? to literally everything i think oh my god she was
4: so into it
7: best time there other than maybe bong Junho. ho i love her like
6: <laughs> first of all they are hashtag couple goals yes. yes like they are the the them and like to dance and um mary steen like they are the hollywood couples that i ship most <laughs> but like they're so cute together and she just looked like she was having the best time and he did too and like in the opening number when janelle mornay came down and sang to him and gave him the hat i'm like this show isn't even five <laughs> minutes in and you're making me cry thanks a
4: lot janelle mornay i was talking about how i'm like oh it's nice to have like warm welcoming tom hanks uh, reaction uh, memes for a change <laughs> you know um so the next award was best animated feature uh, which went to Toy Story Four, which in hindsight um, is not a surprise at all, considering that it did very well with the guilds. It was the most popular uh, of the nominees, and all. Well, yeah, I guess Frozen Two is not there, and then also as well, it. Um, you know, it's 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 Disney.
8: It's Toy Story. I, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, this category. I think what we need to learn is that it just doesn't reward like surprises. Like it's gonna. It usually generally goes to kind of the expected front runner.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think another thing is I think Toy Story's competition was just too spread out and there wasn't one contender to coalesce around to challenge it.
6: Also, they just love Toy Story movies. I mean, a sequel has only won in this category twice, and both times it's been Toy Story.
3: <laughs> and then there wasn't a spirited away in this lineup. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh and also too, it's like I don't know. There's something to be said for the fact that, you know, when you think about how much money that franchise has just made and just how big it is and such, it's like, You know, if this was like a best uh, picture, um, you know, not an animated film, but a best picture film that made like over a billion dollars, we would be giving it like the same kind of consideration. You know, in terms of like, well, yeah, of course, it's going to be this. You know,
6: Um, we we did have that this year. I was about to say that gave it that kind of consideration.
4: Jesus, I didn't even know I was setting myself up for a joke there. Actually. (laughs) Best animated short uh, goes to Hair Love. Great story behind this. Excellent win. Um, I, I was very, very, very happy with the way this all turned out. He's so happy. Yeah, hard to complain about that one. Absolutely. Um, and uh, just a funny note here. Uh, there was a film I saw at Sundance called Bad Hair, uh, which is exactly about... Yes. <laughs> the inverse of this concept and it's like a horror film and I'm just excited for you guys to check it out on Hulu uh, when when it comes out. I'm so ready to see it. It's definitely (laughs) brilliant, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah.
6: I'm so excited for that. (laughs)
4: Uh, So then Best Original Screenplay uh, was up next, and that went to Parasite, uh, which, you know, WGA and BAFTA gave us the feeling that, yeah, this was probably going to happen. But I'll admit, I was biting my nails between that and Hollywood at first. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this was the first telltale sign of the evening. Sandra Oh's reaction was amazing.
0: That was was
4: so Yeah.
3: That was gold.
4: And just uh, the overall room's uh, reaction in general, like, just the enthusiasm was just, you know, you started to get this feeling of, like, okay, are we excited? Like, because, you know, it's winning something other than international feature, and is it going to win just those two, and they're just trying to give them, like, that moment? Like... You know, I was I was trying all night to like gauge the room. You know, I don't know about yeah, you guys. Like <laughs> every
8: time they got to go on the stage again, the crowd response was even bigger. And I think that kind of is uh, like a visualization of what we've been hearing is that like everybody can't stop talking about Parasite in Hollywood. So like seeing that actually come to fruition in person was kind of maybe the first telltale sign like, oh, this is actually happening.
6: And even more than that, that everyone really, really loves Bomb.
4: Yeah. yeah, you know, like that was I cool. think that was I think that was the key um which I'll get to in a little bit. Uh, best Adapted Screenplay goes to Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit.
7: I was so happy for him. This is also, you know, Same. everyone's was talking about Parasite making history, but this is also a historic moment. He's the mm-hmm. first person of um Maori descent to win an Oscar and he obviously, you know, also came out and talked about um, indigenous people and, and the the people who the land that the ceremony was happening on had belonged to and it also felt just really meaningful and it made me feel very happy because I remember when this film was announced so many people were skeptical there were a lot of people who yeah. were very against it and you know he had to there were many many years that he couldn't get this film made and so for him not to get, only get to make it and to have it do you know fairly well for what it is but to also win an Oscar for it just Feels really uh, important.
4: No offense to the other nominees in this category, but if uh, Greta Gerr were, was going to lose to anyone, I'm happy it was Taika Waititi in the yeah. end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, the only
7: person I would have been okay with.
4: <laughs> and not to mention too, I've 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 got this feeling a little bit after the WGA win, uh, where I was like, okay, if they gave WGA to Taika and Greta's got USC and Critics' Choice. I was like, I think Taika is going to then win the BAFTA because they had a strong showing at BAFTA nominations wise. And then that's when I was like, you know what? They're going to give it to Taika because I guarantee you there's a lot of people that feel Greta will probably be back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Taika will be back. I don't so this know. feels like our only chance to like ha- well, give him this moment, you know. Never but like, knows. Remember,
6: he's also already an Oscar winner before t- before last night.
1: Yeah, shorts. shorts. Mm-hmm. So he was a nominee. He was, a he was just a nominee. Yeah.
6: Oh, he was yeah.
5: not right. He didn't win. He didn't win. No, actually, Andrea Arnold agree. won that year. Yeah. I mean, we all can agree that Greta's going to win something this decade.
4: Oh, I definitely think so. She's Absolutely. Being on that stage. Yeah, you know, one of the thing. biggest things, and I want to just, like, make sure I say this point, because I think it's very important to keep this in mind as we move forward, especially considering it is a new decade, is... The reason I believe, personally speaking, that we don't get um, female nominees um, as often as we should, not just in director, but just in other categories and just in general, is because of the lack of opportunity. And when I look at someone like Bong Joon-ho or even Guillermo del Toro a couple of years ago with like Shape of Water, I, I think a lot about like how... There is this like contiguous build of momentum in one's filmography where they're flying under the radar. They're not making necessarily Oscar quote unquote movies, but you know, just the stars align and there's one project, and you've built up enough goodwill in this industry because of your credibility uh, that you just then have that defining career moment. And Gerwig two years after Lady Bird Bird coming back with another Best Picture nominee, uh, yeah, third, fourth film, somewhere in there, she's going to do it because that momentum and that credibility is going to definitely be there.
6: She is legitimately overdue now.
3: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Little Women uh, grows twice as much as Lady Bird did.
4: Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would love to be able to then see Alma Harrell and, you know, Lulu Wong and a bunch of them
5: be be
4: able to come back uh, in two years with another film. Like, don't give me Lynn Ramsey seven years or whatever it is. You know, it's like basically everyone that was embroidered on Natalie Portman's cape.
6: (laughs) Give them all the money, whatever they want to make. Let them do it.
4: But everyone would always ask, why does Martin Scorsese get nominated like every single time? And it's like. Because he just keeps getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and it's like the women are not getting the same opportunities. So, but
5: when they do get the opportunities, we go to the theater. The numbers show it. Like except for Birds of Prey, exactly. And like go see Birds of Prey, guys. But
6: seriously, for
5: these little films, like people saw Little Women, people saw Honey Boy, people saw Hustlers, people saw The Farewell. Like those numbers prove that there's an audience there.
4: Absolutely. Now let's just make sure they get another project within the next. I don't know, four years, not make mm-hmm. it nine, you yeah. know? please. Yeah. Uh Best live action short, The Neighbor's Window, no surprise. It was the one that had, um, you know, the biggest stars attached to it. And uh just cutting to the chase here with the shorts in general, um, majority of us went three for three, yeah. which is insane. I couldn't believe it. Second year in a row, I did that. The same. <laughs> Crazy. Best production design, a um, little bit of a detour there with the shorts, but kind of going back to the point I was saying before, two women. Winning production design. Amazing Yay. for once upon a time in Hollywood. Fantastic. It's the best technical element, too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um,
1: yeah.
6: I, this was one that I, you know, I had perhaps foolishly predicted Parasite for. I'm still a little sad that it didn't get it because, goddamn that production design is so good. Yeah. But, like, it, I mean, it's hard to be upset about. Hollywood winning
4: no I, I agree I mean that 1917 hell I, even Jojo Rabbit The Irishman I think yeah. I th- this was a phenomenal category this year great yes uh, best costume design um, I was definitely uh, once again biting my nails because I'm thinking oh, production design costume designer is so linked it's ridiculous and I'm like once upon a time in Hollywood might win this and then this is of course I think where a lot of people you know if Jojo Rabbit had won this I think a lot of people would have been like Ooh, watch out for Jojo Rabbit possibly now in picture for later on in the evening uh, but Little Women uh, took this and that was great because Little Women got an Oscar at least you know
7: I threw my pen across the room accidentally and started yelling, just like Oscar-winning Little Women, because in an adaptation, you know, we've had several, but not, one has never won an Oscar before, I don't think. So, um, you know, now even though obviously they didn't win most of what they were nominated for, they are Oscar-winning Little Women,
4: and a great element to reward too. I, th- I thought the oh, movie mm-hmm. had great costumes. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a. Uh... A pity vote or anything like that for, like, oh, Little Women deserved more, which it did. But uh, this is an element of the film where it's like, I think, objectively speaking,
3: it was probably best of the category. So I there think you go.
7: Definitely. Yeah. Especially in terms of character-based costuming.
3: That's exactly. I mean, every every costume that uh, the four daughters had really reflected their character. I just...
6: Um, I th- This was a moment in the evening for me, and I just had to see if anyone else noticed this, that... Is it jacqueline duran or jacqueline duran
4: i think i've always said duran because
6: i've always said duran They've announced it both ways
4: well listen they also said pong Jun ho instead of bong Jun ho so who knows what was <laughs> going on this <laughs> evening you know <laughs> very confused uh best documentary feature uh netflix won an award it did it, <laughs> american factory
6: yay a hundred million dollars does buy you something (laughs) listen
4: hold on i want to that was hmm.
0: mean
4: i know i know hold (laughs) on i want to clear the air on something really quickly about this um yes netflix spent a lot of money this year yes they had a lot of films in contention yes the irishman went over 10 netflix i guarantee you is not upset about any of this at all
5: they're learning
4: they have given a home to legitimate filmmakers like Martin Scorsese that sends a message to the rest of the industry um, that we will take care of you. And that level of credibility and trust is something that, as long as the filmmaker is willing to accept this whole you know theatrical rollout with the streaming and so on and so forth, Netflix will not half ass anything and in terms of just like promoting the hell out of um, a filmmaker's work of art you know, and Um, I think that that's really important to them right now.
6: Makers of Dolomite is my name, might disagree. Yeah.
4: But up until nominations, they were really, really campaigning Eddie extremely hard. You can't deny that. They got him a lifetime achievement a Critics' Choice, you know, it's like... They got him the SNL hosting gig. Did they get him that, or did he? I mean, like... Well, it was all part of the campaign regardless.
7: Yeah. Yeah. I think that we do have to celebrate that, like... We saw a lot of great films from Netflix this year, and especially, you know, it's become kind of a go-to home for documentaries and for um, animated films and stuff like that. And I think that regardless of what they won, they're doing really good work out in the industry. And I think that they're getting films made that might not get made otherwise. Like, I don't know who else would have given... Uh, two popes the money to rebuild the Vatican. Like, <laughs> no, no so that I, is the, true. <laughs> I think you have to celebrate that, and I think that in some ways, like that's their reward. They don't need the shiny statue because they know that they're getting good films out to a lot of people.
4: And Nicole, to your point, there, two nominees in documentary feature, including a winner, two nominees in animated feature, and two nominees for best picture, all from the same studio. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I do think they have a lot to be proud of.
5: Yeah, Yeah, and they're still new to this whole world. They haven't been on the award circuit scene for a long time, and they're just still learning the award circuit world and how to market and how to campaign. And one day they will be something like Neon. Like I know we'll talk more about Parasite One later in the podcast, but one reason why I think Parasite 1 is that Neon knew exactly what to do and when to do it. Mm. And I think Netflix is taking notes, let's say.
4: Look, yep. if
7: I was a filmmaker, it's Netflix or Neon that I would want on my side.
4: Yeah, not A24. <laughs>
5: no, <laughs> please, A24, please campaign. Yes. It's not hard, guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, no. Please pick a campaign. <laughs> it's
4: the best Do documentary something. feature goes to American Factory. Um, considering the publicity around that film for a multitude of different reasons, uh, the Netflix factor, um, the fact that its director, uh, most recently uh, and sadly, uh, has cancer currently, um, there was that, it, it made sense. It made sense that it would uh, win this in the end.
5: And I did love that speech. Yeah. Yeah, it was great.
4: Uh, then we had Best Supporting Actress at the midway point in the show, where we can now finally say Laura Dern is an Oscar winner.
6: And crazy that she is so far the only member of that acting dynasty—in quotes—to have
4: won an Oscar. Yeah.
8: Do we yeah. know why Bruce wasn't there? Is he shooting a movie or something?
4: He was sleeping in his bed, waiting for Brad Pitt to wake him up.
7: Oh, <laughs> oh man, I got it. That's I fun. um. Does anyone else just still have the song from uh, the Independent Spirit Awards stuck in their head? Oh,
4: my God. <laughs> Laura
0: yes.
7: Laura! That's just what runs in my head on loop continually.
4: <laughs> Amazing. That's so great. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Spirit Awards. They they were also a great show.
6: Yes, they were. It oh, was a great show, yeah.
4: <sighs> I I remember after the Spirit Awards were over, I was like, there's no way the Oscars could live up to the Spirit Awards. Boy, oh, boy, did I get an amazing weekend of back-to-back shows. Boy. Oh, man. But Laura Dern thanking her parents, um, seeing Diane Diane Ladd get choked up and start crying. Oh, my God. like It was great. Um,
7: When Greta and Noah were crying, too, I was like, I love this. (laughs) I I
4: actually, yeah, I don't know about you, Nicole, or anyone else for that matter, but I kind of did view this as, I know it's for Marriage Story, but in a way, I I did view it for both movies in a sense, you know?
7: It definitely feels like, and I think that also, like, between the two movies, she showed her range, which I think helps. um, And particularly because, though, the two movies come from a couple um, and because Laura Dern is quite close to them, you know, she talks about she spent Thanksgiving with them. Like, yeah, I think it definitely feels like it's it's, um, you know, both both Noah and Greta probably feel like they both have a hand in it.
4: Yeah, they're they're, they're uh, Laura Dern's second proudest parents. There you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I mean, it's cute. It,
6: it really was, you know, a, it's a career win and you can't it's hard to argue that she doesn't deserve one for. The she's piece.
7: she's got her win. Now she can go become Academy president
4: there yep. you go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. speaking of academy uh, politics we got an announcement finally for the academy museum uh, later this year in December I think they said what December 14th was it I forget
6: exactly the date but yeah, oh, sure. sometime
4: in December hopefully when yeah. I go to critics choice again uh, later this year I'll be able to make a pit stop
3: yes you can uh, report back I drove I drove by it a couple of days ago it's gorgeous
4: absolutely uh, best sound editing oh man this is where everyone's Oscar <laughs> pools failed them <laughs> Dear God, best sound editing went to Ford v. Ferrari.
3: Man,
7: I will say a massive shout out to Casey Lee Clark for predicting that there would be a split and none of us believed her. I don't think she got it exactly right, no, but she, she had it no. did backwards. <laughs> yeah. She
0: did the no no.
7: flip and Poor we things. all laughed at her for it. You know, because so. it's like
4: the thing with Hacksaw Ridge, where you would expect the war film to take sound editing, because it always takes sound editing, but yeah. Hacksaw Ridge and um, 1917 are the exception to the rule now, so... I, I, You know, Josh, you were the one, I think, and Cody, I think you also brought it up too, and and probably everybody to me at some point, uh, that when I kept saying that, you know, oh, 1917, will definitely take sound editing, uh, you all corrected me saying, no, I think it's going to go the other way, you know, so. Well, I didn't predict a split, obviously. No, 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 but if if we were predicting a split, you all cautioned that it could go the other way yeah, yeah. i
8: mean like th- usually the war movies go hand in hand they get both like dunkirk or mm-hmm. this or uh, not not this rather like same prep Ryan, or right. mixed thing like this or hacksaw ridge oh. american is the only one off the top of my head i can think of that got just sound editing
3: letters from iwo jima
8: okay there you go yeah well those are, maybe those are just, that's just a clint thing then i don't know
3: <laughs> <laughs> the great thing though is that it's not undeserved
1: no this was oh, a great yeah. split yeah, this was the correct split that it should have happened
4: if it was going to happen. Yes, exactly. And now the big question is, because we saw a correct split, are we still advocating for these categories to get merged when no. there's an opportunity to reward no. two films? I think no. the yes.
7: answer is to rename... Back to what it was yes. before, whenever it was, what it was yep. a sound, effect best sound, sound effect effects, sound effects, Because yes. I think it's not that there's not like something to, re- you know, it's not that they're not both worthy awards and important. It's that people don't understand the difference. It's weird because the sound, voters know the
4: difference. I'm just really curious. Why not call it just "bounce" best sound creation, you know, or something yeah. like that?
6: Yeah, call it something, something else.
4: Clear. Yeah. Well,
8: because editing sounds like what mixing is. Like it's very confusing. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, maybe that maybe that's the thing maybe it's just all in a name you know yep. yeah yeah, mm. yeah. cuz i think the concept that once you explain it to someone it's very very clear best sound editing is sound creation best sound mixing is sound balance
7: every year and, i have to look it up and make sure i'm right <laughs> and i
4: yeah. that is true but i
1: still feel like both of those skills are so dependent on each other for them to work that that's
4: the reason why i still advocate for it to be one category i uh, see i just like the idea of two films getting Oscars, you know, as a way. uh, Let's imagine 4V Ferrari didn't win editing. Like this would be the only way it wins something, you know?
5: And we just saw last night, the voters know the difference.
4: Yes. No, I don't believe
5: that.
4: Bohemian Rhapsody will forever convince me that they had no idea what they were talking about. No,
5: (laughs) I mean, even even
1: this year, I still don't really believe it. I just think that they like the sound in both of those movies and just – Arbitrarily decided He's to pick one. Stumbled into the right of place.
4: Them. I think so. Well, so so like right. think about it this together. way: if the vote is very, very close between people that are picking um, the same film for both, and then you have just a few people who, you know, go the other way, uh, you know, for each one, I think that's how you get these splits. Yeah. I don't think yeah. they're actually based on a knowledge of what one is versus the other. It's I, all I, I just don't.
1: no. Well, I
0: if think
1: you vote for no, human and right. sound editing, that to me definitely proves you don't know the difference and if you get splits they are by accident
5: <laughs> if you voted for bohemian rhapsody in general why <laughs>
0: <laughs>
6: look i think that the split happens i think the splits proves to us that there are a large enough pocket of people who do know the difference and those people yes. can make the difference uh,
4: well, i want to ask when 1917 lost sound editing who here had a feeling?
6: Me. I did. Me. Yeah, I did oh,
4: too.
0: Yeah.
4: I, I was starting to feel like that La La Land, like, oh, you lost this category, which you were expected to win. Hmm. You know? So.
0: Sorry, Sam.
4: So then it, it kind of bounced back a little bit, but it was expected to take both, for sure. Now, if it had lost both, I would have been like, holy yeah, shit. <laughs> I was
6: freaking out, because I really did think that, before, before I could at that point have taken I both. I
4: was very nervous.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, best Cinematography did go to 1917. Thank so God. we had a of back-to-back course. of mixing and cinematography. And I, I don't know about you guys, but isn't it kind of weird that like we were like all begging for Roger Deakins to win an Oscar for Blade Runner 2049? He gets a standing ovation. It's like this very, very big thing. It's one of the best moments of the night. And this year, he wins, and we're all just like, yeah, okay, moving on. Right.
6: <laughs> I was so happy that he finally has to
5: he deserves <laughs> to Oscars.
4: If Emmanuel yeah. Lubeski can win three in a row after losing Seriously. so many times, then Roger Deakins can get 33 as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yep.
3: <laughs> Absolutely.
4: Um, best film editing did go to Ford v. Ferrari again. And I don't think it was – no, it wasn't this award. Uh, but going back to sound editing, um, the, the sound editor who won for Ford v. Ferrari, I, I love that he didn't, like, give two shits during his speech. Probably thought that it was the only time that Ford v. Ferrari was going to get up for an yeah. award in the evening. Yep. And he, like, he like name-dropped uh, Fox being, like, this is the last film that Fox is ever going to make. Jeez. Crazy. James Mangold should have been up for director. I was Crazy. half expecting him to be like, fuck Greta Gerwig. James Mangold <laughs> deserved to be up there. I'm like, yes. whoa. Is,
8: is he the guy who was like, thanks to my wife who gave up her editing career so I could be a senator? Was that him? I, I actually don't remember that bit. <laughs> that, that, that was, was the, so That just made me go, oh, boy. <laughs> okay. I do not remember that.
7: Oh, it was bad.
8: No, I think it was this because um, I remember being like different categories like that. The couples are part of I might be wrong, but gotcha.
4: Yeah, because the film editing went to two people. It went to uh, Andrew Buckland and Michael uh, McCus- McCusker. I don't know. Yeah. McCusker. McCusker. Uh, so that's right then and there where the uh, death nail happened for the Irishman. Uh, you knew right then and there it was going over for 10 for the night yeah this was also the moment where i got
1: a little nervous for parasite me, me
4: too. too it's like yeah.
1: Oh. yeah i was like
6: okay so 1917 lost one and parasite lost one
1: yeah i mean parasite still had screenplay so I, it still had the path but it didn't have the surest path path right. that i right. thought it would yeah know, without it of course i didn't know what was going to happen later in the night but at that point, I was still very yeah. nervous.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and, and it lost production design. So, they I mean... Yeah, it was like, yeah but yeah. it wasn't expected to win production design. no, no It
6: could thought. have. It was a solid second. It was not it. going to win, Dan.
4: Yeah, you just need to accept
3: that. I still love that. Whatever.
4: I, I, I sent out a premature, turns out, uh, tweet. I think I said something along the lines of, like, I think that just did it for Parasite's, like, best picture chances for later on in the evening. Mm-hmm. And a bunch <laughs> of people were like, no, Matt, there's still hope. And I was like fine, 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 okay, all right, I, like, quote, retweeted myself, all right, all right, all right, all, I have hope again.
1: <laughs> it definitely <laughs> you know? deflated me a little bit, but I wasn't willing
4: to lose hope, like I said, because it had screenplay and
1: that yeah, was still... Same. Pretty-
0: yeah,
4: same. Yeah, because there was a world where it could win just the three. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. how many Best Picture winners have we seen lately where they just win three every year? You know, mm-hmm. and one of them is screenplay. So, yeah, that screenplay win, that was the key. If it had lost screenplay... It needed that more than editing. Oh. Yeah, it needed that best visual effects goes to 1917 um listen y- y- you know i i i get it i especially considering that 1917 is a best picture nominee um it was the number one number two for best picture i'm uh, sorry in this case number two um and you know I-, I i but here's the thing though i'm getting a little tired of like I don't know. I, I I'm a little indifferent about this win, I have to admit. Well It's because it, the whole supporting special
1: effects thing. And it's the thing like it's it is supporting visual effects, and they're mostly invisible, which, to be honest, might actually mean that they're more effective, that right. you n- aren't noticing them. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. in that whole yeah. montage, they showed that building in the village, that, that building wasn't on fire, but you didn't notice it. Like, that's supposed to be the, the point that's of the of yeah. So. yeah.
7: I mean, it is what we as a team also picked in Cody's article that he put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. think that, especially because of what it ended up up against, I think there were so many people who were detractors for The Irishman or The Lion King, didn't want to give it to a Marvel film, didn't want to give it to a Star Wars film, that it seems like the obvious winner.
4: I I agree. I mean, we all, I think, collectively predicted it to win across the board uh, over here in terms of like predictions wise. So in in that regard, it just made it did make sense. But I don't know. I I do feel bad for these visual effects artists that work on these bigger uh, movies that you know, like, are probably killing themselves to turn these shots in on time.
7: Yeah, and they get talked about all the time, though. Like, right. they but get the also, articles about their work. And 1917, it's I, I don't, I, it's right. what I would have chosen because I do think that there's something to be said for visual effects that you aren't like, oh wow, look at that effect there.
4: Well, then <laughs> like, the Social Network should have won Best Visual Effects. Then, as far as I'm concerned, you, that's the not? case. They, <laughs> me? I mean, oh, here we Fincher movies are great at having invisible effects. Yeah, maybe we'll uh, see if that happen next year. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Best makeup and hairstyling goes to Bombshell, uh, which yeah. I have to admit, at this point in the evening, I wouldn't have been surprised if 1917 did take this. Um, I was starting to feel like this like surge coming on for 1917 at this point in the evening, mm-hmm. um, not realizing that this would be the last award that it would win. You know, so. But Bombshell wins, uh, continuing the trend of Darkest Hour, vice, just these real-life and historical the figures. Eggs,
6: the same person from mm. Darkest Hour. Even.
4: Yeah. So. I'm Go sorry. Eggs. I'm just so bored. I, I just
1: want something different to win in this category. And that's how we could have gotten
4: Joker, people. So <laughs> well, You know what? Sorry, it, do at least that. it would
1: have been different. No. <laughs>
7: <Go. laughs>
4: Nope. Which evil are you going to go with, Josh Parham? Humicide
5: <laughs> Squad is an Oscar-winning movie, guys. Stop it.
4: <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Uh, best international feature film went to Parasite. No surprise there whatsoever. Uh, Penelope Cruz, all smiles when it happened. The whole room just cheering, going fe- going ape.
6: Penelope Cruz wasn't all smiles. You could see the disappointment on her face <laughs> that it wasn't Pedro. <laughs> Fine.
4: Uh, she had that moment with with him a couple of years prior, so yeah, yeah, she did, and it yeah. Was iconic. So, yeah. but here's the thing, though, and and, and and when you think about it, it's so funny because Bong Joon Ho gets up there, he delivers the speech, and I went back and I rewatched the speech, and he's delivering it that was if like yeah, this is the last time I'm going to get up here tonight. I'm even going to have my cast stand up for everybody mm-hmm. and get an applause. You know, <laughs> it was well, like yeah. This was meant to be the culmination of Parasite's Evening. <laughs> and it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I,
7: I saw a tweet that said, um, this poor man just keeps asking for a cocktail and getting handed an
4: Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it does almost make me wonder, though, sometimes, like when you are nominated across so many different categories and you don't know where your night will end, um, do you save all of your bits for this speech? Do you... Think you're gonna win later, so you might want to save something for this. And if so, if you don't save anything, you don't know what to do. Like, how do you come up with something on the fly that's even better than what you did before? I, I don't know how they I mean, do it sometimes. Like, last you know,
6: year, it was clear last year it was clear that Quaron had thought through which you know what he was going to say for each award. Yeah, like because he had it was a very different theme for when he won the cinematography versus directing, and it um. I think you kind of have to do that. Like look at what the award is for and look at what you want to say based on that. Because obviously like everyone wants to thank their cast and their crew and their agent and blah, 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 blah. Or talk about
4: animal rights. uh, We'll get
0: to
5: that.
4: Yeah. But I get, I get it, Dan. I get it. Uh, Great moment for Parasite. Um, I was excited for Bong Joon-ho to get, Stupid shit face drunk, um, as, as I'm sure he was as well. The
3: best line of the night, yeah. I, yeah I, wonder, I wonder what drink he finally had
6: a glass of soju, of course.
3: Of course,
4: of course. best original score, uh, goes to Hildur. i not even gonna try and say her last name, but maybe I'll try just one time. Gotten But what a speech for Joker. That, yeah, that was a what a speech for speech she 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 recognized the moment and she seized it I'm very uh I'm very happy that she had that awareness to uh say something for you know th- that nice moment for, you know little girls out there and such that was that was good
5: I don't know it was, it, I just love that women composing these really dark gritty things they're not doing like the like that I love the fact that it's not just like let's go to women to do like the happy movies like we wanted we could do dark we could do gritty we could do a little bit unsettling films as well, so I'm really glad that that was a female composer that they hired because she was just right for the job. I,
4: I I wanted to say on the flip side of that too, though, uh, Lauren, is that um, a lot of people like sometimes criticize the Catherine Bigelow uh, Hurt Locker win for like director, for example, because it's such a masculine movie, and I think mm-hmm. that um, there is a urge right now for women to be recognized for those other types of films instead that don't appeal to the masculine sense of the Academy. But 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 I get it though I, I I get what you're saying totally.
7: Can we also talk about that female conductor and how she was the best dressed person of the? Whole oh my god!
4: Yeah, <laughs> and how good of a
7: time she was having. I was living for her. Like
6: Can we do that for all the original scores every year?
4: Yes, mm-hmm. really playing bits of pieces different. from it. Yeah,
7: I just really loved all the presentations for all the awards. I thought they were really well put together and. I also, uh, it does, did anyone else get the feeling that whoever was editing all of that maybe didn't like Joker?
4: You know, oh my god, the screenplay bit being the stair sequence was oh, ridiculous.
6: And then the best actor, you have Antonio doing the line from Pain and Glory about how the great actors are the one who are trying to hold back tears, cut to Joaquin Phoenix crying.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
4: on the shade. There definitely was something Whatever going on there. Was behind those
6: nominee montages, I am here for
7: it. I would I like should. to be their best friend
3: yes (laughs) i really did like the fact that there were three superhero women uh presenting yes Yes. i
7: want to know what scarlett
5: johansson was thinking as she was sitting (laughs) in the audience
3: (laughs) hello everyone this
2: is jd from the in session film podcast each week we review the latest from hollywood california well yes brendan we also give top three lists okay yeah thanks again brendan Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good job, Brendan. Thank you, JD. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father, after all. (laughs) Yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, You can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or at InSessionFilm.com. Brendan, will you please let me complete just one? Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film Podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, sir. Hey, you you go cry at Midnight Special again, okay? okay. That's what you're good for. I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you. I'll do both at the same time. How are you going to pummel me? Yeah, I I don't don't buy that. That's just how it works. So um,
4: one thing in regards to uh, the presentation, um, it it got touched upon a little bit here. uh, But instead of just choosing like for the acting clips, uh, just one brief moment from a scene, Uh, to show, they had these uh, neatly edited together uh, montages of um, all different aspects of the performance all kind of like jumbled together in one. Um, And I have to admit, I was a fan of this. I I liked being able to kind of get a a little bit of a uh, high level overview of all the different aspects that made up each performance, you know?
7: I also thought that the way that they edited together the supporting actress one in particular was like made a really powerful statement about like women in film this year. And I I really liked it. Although I will say my one my one gripe with the the editing of these montages was that they showed so many clips of Brad Pitt in Once Upon a time in Hollywood and not the one of him on the roof.
3: Yeah. No shirt removal.
7: Missed opportunity. Stupid. <laughs> Again, Brad,
5: I'm single. <laughs>
3: And gay men all over America and the world were very disappointed. I can't
4: even imagine what that man's Tinder must be like. It it must be... (laughs) I I can't even.
6: (laughs) He does not really have
4: Tinder. No,
5: I've been looking. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Brad, I'm single.
4: (laughs) Best original song goes to I'm Gonna Love Me Again, Uh, Man. Elton John burning top and get that moment up on stage and uh, Bernie got to speak for the majority of the speech,
3: which is nice. Yeah,
6: it was really
4: wonderful ties into the themes of the film, the relationship between the two. I thought it was a very nice symmetrical, uh, kind of a moment of like everything is coming full circle for the two of them. It was nice. Uh, right. Then, Best Director. <laughs> oh,
1: boy. <laughs> here we go.
4: This was the Olivia Coleman moment of this year, by far. This was unbelievable. I mean, okay, just for a little bit of context here.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Sam Mendes and Bong Joon-ho tied at Critics' Choice. Sam Mendes won Golden Globe, BAFTA, and DGA. Bong didn't win anything else except for Critics' Prizes, which he led in this year. The last time that this happened was Steven Soderbergh in 2000, won Critics' Choice, didn't win Diddley's Squat, and yet he was able to defeat Ang Lee, who also had won Golden Globe, BAFTA, and DGA. And it's just such a rare thing for there to be an upset in Best Director like this. I mean... You know, Best Director typically goes right down the line. You win majority of these awards, you're winning the whole damn thing. Like this was surreal. I, I know. It's huge. Oh my god! And all I could think of the entire time was, like I said earlier in, in the podcast, if they're going to give Bong Director and they're not going to give the film picture at this point, this is just cruel.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I really think many of us uh, might have predicted the reverse. Oh, my God. I think everybody did,
1: for the yeah. most part. Anybody, anybody predicting yeah. a split predicted,
4: yeah, that yeah. Mendes yep. would at least win director. I did see some people. I was going through some of the ballots that we received for predictions from the community. And there were some people that did predict Bong Joon-ho for director, but 1917 still for picture. And I was like, I wonder if they're just hedging their bets, maybe, you know? <laughs> like. Probably. I mean, I don't know.
6: At this point, I mean especially with the past few years of, uh, you know, it's very easy to be very cynical about the Oscars. And at that point, I definitely didn't put past them still giving 1917 the big win. I didn't yeah. put it past them.
4: And I don't want to just reiterate too. 1917 is a great film and it is. would have been a great best picture winner as yeah. far as I'm concerned. But this is like all timer, best picture winner
8: status, you know, and the best director, pressure Parasite doesn't, is is even more surprising looking at what's won best director this past decade, which has really valued, like, technical, auteur, workman-like films, and Parasite yeah. is definitely that, but 1917 is, like, nothing but concept, and it's very tech-heavy, and one visual effects, you know, that fits right in with, like, the Revenant, La La Land, Gravity, uh, yeah, it's
3: Gravity so directorial, era. yeah.
8: Uh, to give it a director is even more surprising.
1: Yeah, no way to undersell just how shocking it was for Bong to upset here. Yeah. It was clearly the biggest upset and the biggest shock of the night.
4: Yeah, because up to this yeah. point, I remember thinking to myself, like, it's been an entertaining show. I'm having a good time, but uh, we haven't seen a single upset. A single surprise, yeah. not Nothing. And, uh, then Spike Lee walked out, and he took that pause in front of the microphone. I, I maintain that he was screaming internally and wanted to freak (laughs) out when he read the name because, I mean, even when he announced it, he said it with such enthusiasm. He was like... Pong ho and I'm like, oh shit! But like, I imagined that that like brief moment where he opened up the envelope, looked at it, and didn't say anything. He probably was like,
6: <laughs> you know, he's Spike Lee, man. He can't help it.
3: Whereas i emotions it's on his it, sleeve. It was it and it was interesting to compare how he did that when with um, what Jane Fonda did, being cool, calm, and collected, and giving mm. that two or three. Moment pause Uh, absolutely. I mean, it it was definitely
4: one of those moments where I I was like, Is he about to say like Martin Scorsese or something? Like, I like a lot of things went through my mind in that brief second, you know.
6: And that, oh my god, okay, the the shout out from Bong Joon Ho to Martin Scorsese into the standing ovation. I mean, especially since at that point it was very clear. That the Irishman was winning jack shit.
4: I, I thought that that was like icing on the cake as far as like...
7: Cinema's universal.
4: Absolutely. It was wonderful. It also just
7: felt like a really, I don't know, it felt very special because it, you know, Bong Joon-ho obviously gave that really beautiful tribute to Scorsese and he obviously also, you know, called out Quentin Tarantino and how he has supported his work. And he said his his lovely, lovely comment about how he wanted to take a Texas chainsaw to his award and split it with with all of them. And then also him, you know, every time he went up to get an award, like stopping to hug Noah Bomback and and grab grab Greta's hand, it felt very much like he was like the representative of the group who had been, you know, like in a a nice way that all of them could feel very good about.
4: And this is exactly like what I was saying earlier about Uh, Guillermo del Toro with Shape of Water, where the director in this instance was the beloved uh, person for the film. Um, Shape of Water did not win any acting uh, awards throughout its run, but Guillermo del Toro was the star. And here, Bong Joon-ho was the star, and it was because of his charm and Honestly, it's like, yeah, when you give a shout out to Scorsese and Tarantino like that, it just screams. This is a guy who's a student of the game. This Mm -hmm. is a guy who loves his art and he loves cinema. Like he's not in it for anything else other than the fact that he loves cinema. And who doesn't want to root for somebody like that? You know,
7: as as my mother texted me and I quote, he is just too dang cute.
3: (laughs) 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 It was it was like he was the representative of the class of 2019 yeah, exactly. Yeah.
7: and he he just seemed so thrilled and so excited. Like every award show when he would film things on his phone. It, he's such an easy person to be happy for,
4: absolutely. Uh, I, I think that that's what got him the win in the end. Um, I think people just love the guy. And that's not to say, like, I'm not I'm making an excuse for it not being deserving work. Holy shit is it deserving work, uh, what he was able to pull off with this movie being uh, the most unpredictable, twisted, most entertaining, you know, movie of the year without a genre mm. to define it, you know? It's a really unclassifiable film, uh, and I think that's what makes it so timeless, so very, very happy for him. Uh, best Actor goes to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, no surprise. Um... This speech was one that I, I've watched now several times, trying to get a grasp on it. <laughs> You're stronger than me. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. See, the sad know. thing is, he was doing so good up until now. Like he was, Yeah, you know, um, his, his
4: speeches were improving.
5: They were. And I think
4: the intention was good, uh, once again, um, for a guy that has anxiety and uh, is not good in front of crowds you know, and is clearly uncomfortable in the spotlight Uh, with all the nervous tics that Leonardo DiCaprio displays in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think that, you know, it's hard no matter what, and it can never, ever be perfect. The speech started off good. Yeah. It's, when he, it's when he got graphic with the animal stuff that I was like where, where, where,
3: what, what are we doing
7: he, he lost me at artificially inseminated a cow
3: yeah, yeah. that was weird I never <laughs> thought I'd hear that in
4: an <laughs> and you know there's a lot of people saying how you know, it's like oh well not to you know not to diss animal rights or anything like that but putting that on the same level as gay rights or um, uh, racial inequality and stuff it just was like really? Like, you know, but I I get that he's all about the environment and veganism. And like, I, I...
1: it was just a very disorganized speech.
4: That was the problem. Like,
1: everything that he was saying was important, but it just wasn't presented in a cohesive way to really connect
4: with it. And then he kind of like brought people back when he started talking about his own imperfections and how he's like, I'm sure he was referencing, you know, that dark period uh, during the what was it, like the late 2000s or whatever? Yeah,
8: when he was in character for uh, whatever there. fucking movie Yeah, it was. The, the, yeah. That, that documentary, that was all, yeah. yeah.
4: And, uh, you know, it's true that ever since he came back from that, uh, with like her, the master, um, you were never really here, inherent vice, etc. Like, He's just been turning in stellar performance after stellar performance. And the guy is just one of our finest living actors. And, you know, it clearly is something that's been building, building, building. And it's one of those things where, yeah, you may not like the role. You may not like, you know, a lot of things about it. But a billion dollar grocer, um it, it just it, it it's what it it's what it is in that regard. He's probably never, in my opinion, ever going to come back
0: after not this after that speech,
4: and he probably doesn't yeah. want to come back. No, no I don't think no. he would yeah. either. But I'm sure that you know getting this platform to be able to say the things that matter to him, uh, which is the art of acting itself, um, how he feels about the environment, and using his position of power or whatever influence that he has to try and exact some change, it's a shame that it didn't come through in a way that um, would have had the most maximum impact.
6: The thing is, is like, especially when you're in a position where you have won everything going into the night, you know, there's like a ninety-five percent chance that you're gonna do it again. If you have something important you wanna say, write a gosh darn speech. Like write it out. Write it out. I mean, write it out like it's a script. It's it's not hard and you know, everyone
4: should do it
6: and we're going to to talk about about? the other person that should have done that next
4: so (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then um, I I was waiting all season Amanda Spears uh, told me at some point that he was going to save something for River Phoenix for the Oscars and I was like okay okay let's see if he does it and sure enough at the end he he himself like Brad Pitt he got choked up and he was on the verge of tears uh, even just at the mere thought of even saying his name you know
5: that was lovely it's an overwhelming moment
6: and that was the sad thing because like that was such a beautiful heartfelt touching moment and i worry that it kind of got lost amidst all the baby cows
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I will just say one other thing about the speech that it, it, this is actually something that I kind of love. I love that he gets up there. He has a short walk to the stage, so everybody's like still kind of getting out of their chair, and he like skips to the stage. Everybody is now like fully, you know, at a ninety degree angle, standing up, cheering and clapping, giving him the standing ovation, and he literally just goes, "Okay, stop."
0: <laughs> you
6: know, like... That's I don't crazy. want. I don't want was, this. Although he did that, and I was like, "Are we gonna have another um, uh, Golden Globes moment where he Ving Rhames gave the trophy to Jack Lemon?" Is I wouldn't gonna have been have surprised. To <laughs> say I don't deserve this, I don't want to give it to someone else.
4: I'm he calling it now, face though. Face. If he ever gets nominated again, um, which I think he will, he's still relatively young oh, and God. he still has a lot more in the tank. I guarantee you, he Joe Pesci's the whole season. Yeah. Oh
1: sure. Oh okay.
5: yes.
4: Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. Best actress, Renee
1: Zellweger for Judy, whose uh, speech is still going on. I think. I oh, no.
7: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. do you oh, love the name Random. Now write
8: a speech. I, I looked up me. for a sec. I looked look down for a second and looked back up and I was like, wait, wait, like, truly where in the world are we right now? She took us all over the map.
4: And, you know, quite honestly, I think a lot of us were concerned after that Bong Joon-ho win. I think all, all of us were like thinking, let's just get the picture. Let's just get the picture at this
7: point. <laughs> I gotta say, every time I see the woman give a speech, her performances become like even more impressive to me because <laughs> you see her talk as yourself and then you think about her in a movie and it's like, damn, that's acting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and i don't mean that in a bad way but like for someone to come off as so incoherent it is impressive to think about how well she comes off in a movie like judy and i feel like her
5: other oscar speech was
7: decent like i feel like i
5: watched it a couple weeks back and i never i didn't think it was weird or wrong i remember being
7: like okay that's an oscar speech I don't know. I, uh, I, I also love that she became um, more like aggressively <laughs> yeah. Texas over the course of the yeah. speech.
5: Yeah. When she gets That's nervous, amazing. I think the twang
7: comes out. Yeah. But you get more nervous as
6: as the speech goes on? I feel like you'd be more nervous when you start. I don't know, because when she did Red
5: Carpets, I would hear her be normal, or when she does like press, <laughs> she's normal, but then during these awards, she get a little twangy, and I'm just like, okay, I guess we get nervous. And just I, I can't
4: think of another uh, winner off the top of my head who's Accent fluctuated as much as hers does during the speeches. (laughs) All right. And then we got to Best Picture. And I flipped. Jane Fonda comes out.
7: Holding her red coat.
4: She takes that amazing dramatic pause. Uh, Oh, the.
7: And I knew it.
5: Everything about this presentation
4: was perfect. It was incredible. I I just like. I don't know. Did you guys see the thread that I posted in regards to everybody's reactions to the moment? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's just like take take a moment, like literally take a moment, guys, to bask in this because I I genuinely cannot recall a time where I've seen uh, film Twitter, the internet in general, just so happy about something in this uh, industry. I, I just can't recall because, like I said, the Moonlight win, as amazing as that was, um, it was tainted by the fact that a, a Envelope Gate ha- happened.
6: It always has an asterisk next to its name. Right. And like that should have been a huge moment. Exactly. Well, the reaction There were also parasite...
5: major La La Long, La La fans for that year. Yeah. Yeah. That was always a war.
8: The reaction to Parasite winning kind of shows what the preferential ballot should give us ideally, or something yes. that you know everybody agrees with that nobody has an issue with. It doesn't always happen, but like this is kind of the best example of it.
4: I like that you said that, Cody, because I thought about this a lot, considering now that we've gone through um, an entire decade with the preferential ballot, and I tried to find a commonality between all of the uh, best picture wins, and the number one thing and I'm sorry to say this, but the answer still applies to Green Book in this case. It is passion. It's passion. It's really, it's it's not respect. It's not admiration. And, you know, oh, you like this is a movie that like, you know, it did a good job, etc. No, it is like pure, unadulterated. I love how this movie makes me feel. And that's what it comes down to. It's the feeling the artist has it. The King's Speech has it. Twelve Years a Slave definitely had it being the most emotional. Uh, uh, I don't know about Birdman as much. I think that was maybe 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 the one that applies maybe the least.
8: I think Birdman. No, I think to that
6: definitely had it. passion, but it was passion about the film making itself. Yeah, it right. Like, mm. It was
3: the 1917 of a cheer.
8: Yeah, and also the, just the general it's concept of like. Yeah. yeah idolizing show business in a way so I think that
4: next year when we're looking at like what the contenders are for best Picture just ask yourself like which is the one that it feels like people just genuinely love more which is the one that makes them cry which is the one that makes them feel things and Parasite like I said before is like an unclassifiable movie in terms of its genre that it just makes you feel everything <laughs> you know yeah and
1: another thing that really helped parasite was that it was always the underdog. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spotlight. Weird. Yeah, Moonlight. Wins.
4: Argo. Well, it's
1: just weird how he was able to maintain that all throughout the season. It always was the underdog.
3: Yes. I have to give credit to Neon. That one hundred percent year old company to, to create a uh, Oscar campaign like this and do it expertly. Ah, oh, it, it was amazing.
4: That's another thing too. I think that's like super important. That can never be underestimated. Is just you know the word of mouth. Uh, factor behind something. Yeah,
5: but it's more than that. Like they knew exactly what to do and when to do it, from can to now. They were nonstop, and they knew what moves to play, what interviews to do, what posters to make, and where to put them.
4: They they knew to let Portrait of a Lady on Fire fall on top of a grenade so Parasite no. could survive.
5: <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, Matt, but you did. No. It's in the theaters this weekend? No. It's
4: it's sad because it's true I, mean, uh, I,
1: I love that Neon got this for Parasite but they definitely got that at the expense of Portrait yeah. yep. okay. Again,
5: it's Look in theaters up. this weekend Lo- but like
6: really Neon we love you you did a fantastic job with Parasite now get a bigger budget so that you can campaign more than one film next year yes. because you guys have so many good films if you have a That's slate true. as strong as
4: this year oh man I think that as long as, you know, I I think there's also something to be said as well over the last couple of years in general with Best Picture. Um, I look back at Moonlight, Shape of Water, Green Book, uh, and Parasite, and I just can't help but think about uh, Trump being in office. And the impact that just has on people's minds when voting uh, for uh, a best picture winner amongst the nominees each year, and yeah, like I said, I still apply this logic to Green Book. I know, I know it oh, yeah. sounds odd, but no, Green Book is a reaction to a reaction. Yeah, yeah. Mm. exactly. Like everything, everything about the preferential, like in hindsight, makes sense. Every year, everything makes sense, and. It's almost making me feel like each passing year, uh, like, Josh, you predicted uh, Parasite, I predicted Parasite, and we predicted it, I think, for the same exact reasons, which was, yeah, it didn't have the precursor wins or the stats to back up that it probably would get there. But there's a commonality amongst all of these Best Picture winners, and that's that underdog passion vote. Yeah. I mean, Parasite just really had the
1: passion behind it. And obviously, when Bong won, that manifested in other categories.
8: Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And also, and I, I don't know
8: like- if voters think of it this much, but when you look at Parasite, you can really see the story they're trying to tell by voting for, for Best Picture. I don't really know what story 1917 winning tells the world or history when we look back on it. But, I mean, it's kind of reflective in, like, the way that Best Picture winners have kind of reacted to and been reactionary in terms of, like, what's happening in the world. I mean, like, you right. look at – the mid to late 2000s and Bush's second term and the movies are kind of dark and then 2008 Obama's elected we get slummed on million, Millionaire and then it's a kind yeah. of a, a wave of either feel-goody or reflective movies and then ever since Trump's been elected it's been kind of reactionary and like yeah, yeah books still does count movies. in that way yep. mm-hmm. but um, I think Parasite
5: fits like- deeply into that. I mean, also, like, stories in general, Parasite's much more of a narrative versus 1917
4: yeah. and a lot. You know, it's funny. I, I, I was thinking about this a lot, too, about the fact that before 1917 came out, let's, like, put ourselves back in, like, October-November mode here, people. Before oh, anybody had seen the movie.
7: No,
4: well, none of us were predicting 1917 for picture.
7: Like, I was. See,
4: I was. No, I was well, oh, well, okay, fine. Majority of us weren't. And the reason why the majority of us weren't was because a lot of us could not find the social significance behind it i here's the thing
6: about it for me it's is that 1917 is very much the old in quotes definition of important that the academy liked to yes honor. yes you know it's that taking a and an important historical moment and presenting it with a certain level of finesse and artistry and storytelling value and Parasite is very much a newer. I mean, well, I mean, like we keep saying, it's sort of unclassifiable, (laughs) but it's very much like a newer or new Hollywood, if you will, approach to that sort of prestige.
4: And I don't want to confuse that with, um, because I I I hate hearing this generalization from other people. the old members of the Academy are not all voting for old school types of movies. I can guarantee you that. And all these new members that you think are going to save Hollywood and make everything better and diversify and so on and so forth. uh, We still have not seen the indication of that either. And I guarantee you, it's not as black and white as people make it out to be sometimes. So uh, I'm glad that you brought that up there, Dan, because it makes me wonder. It makes me wonder a lot. Like, what would happen if something like Titanic came out today? Would it be seen as the Irishman, the big bully that's going to muscle everybody out and something smaller overtakes it? Or would it still steamroll the season? You know, it's like, I think we're just living in different times.
6: I think that in that Titanic is a very special case and it probably would in any year. If it had the same production history like because everyone was expecting that shit to be a disaster. disaster true like they were expecting it to bankrupt the studio james cameron would never work again and it ended up being like the biggest box office hit of
4: all time well you know who's going to make the next biggest box office hit of all time bong chun ho's uh translator sharon Choi, who has been <laughs> just a joy this entire oh. awards season run. Yeah, oh my gets. god,
6: she was she was I so happy her. after he won director. She looked happier than he did, and I loved it.
4: I wanted just <laughs> I wanted to just shout her out because she's a filmmaker, and um, I was watching the. Um, Do you guys watch the uh, the back room uh, press uh, after they uh, won, got off the stage? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's just she's there with a notebook taking notes, and she's like translating she wants to make so a film fast
5: about awards season. Yeah, I heard
7: yeah
4: i love She's it star. it's just fantastic all around there there was just so much to root for with this movie this year it's unbelievable it extended to the translators mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh looking at it now all together in pieces uh i pass it over to uh cody cody um just final thoughts on this award season what are you taking away from it uh just any 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 final thoughts just in general
8: I mean, kind of what I just said about, like, you got to look at what the story of our Best Picture winner tells you. And I think this year is a perfect way to kind of end the decade uh, with Parasite. I I really think this is going to go down as one of the better, not just Best Picture winners, but like a pretty overall good Oscar ceremony. Like, not really any, you know upsetting winners unlike last year per se uh so i'm just I, I think it's been a good conclusion to a pretty uh seamless award season and i will say I, i'm just really proud of myself it was my personal best prediction uh ever i got 21 out of 24 correctly of that means you know i'm still uh seven years now i think in a row uh, having gotten picture wrong but i can i'll take it for Parasite. This
0: <laughs> <day>. <laughs>
8: yeah. Not since Argo. I'm, I'm, I'm distressed. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> Lauren.
5: Um, yeah, I thought this was a really great Oscars for a good season. If anything, if you learn anything from the season, I hope it really shows you that just please don't be afraid of the foreign language in foreign language films. It's okay to read. There are amazing, amazing foreign films and films that are not in English that are fantastic and are worth your time of day. And I'm um, Brad. I'm single. My Twitter. <laughs> Congratulations! If you're listening, or if your kids are listening, or if your kids' friends are listening, <laughs> hello.
4: Damn, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon in this joint. I'm
5: in love.
4: I love that you brought up the foreign, uh, the uh, the foreign language uh, bit there, uh, Lauren, because it makes me very curious. After Cold War and Roma. And to an an extent, Never Look Away last year. And now with uh, Parasite this year, Honeyland getting nominated in two categories. It's just like, what's next? What else could be around the corner? Uh, It's really, really exciting, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know there's a lot to still be done um, in terms of diversity, in terms of uh, female representation. I maintain that this is not something that you can just fix literally overnight. We're not going to wake up uh, tomorrow and it's going to be, uh, you know, a 50-50 split, you know, in all categories of men and women. It's just not going to happen like that. It's it's baby steps and there needs to be an established uh, consistency uh, before we can get to that point. And um, something like this, uh, I, at least, I don't know for, about you guys, but it gives me hope for a brighter future of of uh, inclu- in- inclusive. Sorry, of um, of of. In, in, oh, I can't speak.
5: Inclusivity.
4: Thank you, no of problem. inclusives. In, if I'm gonna say this right, of inclusive.
3: Mm. We know.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna edit that out. I'm keeping that in. Togetherness. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. So then, uh, for final thoughts there as well. Um, let's hear from Dan. I, the
6: I'm really interested about this weird thing where it's since the um preferential ballot since the expansion to 10 basically every five years a film wins picture director and screenplay mm. so it's going to be you know it's going to be another four or five years until it happens again folks so, so don't get <laughs> don't love anything too much next year um <laughs> i i kid i kid um i i I have never been happier to be wrong in a prediction for best picture than I was this year. Um, I also... like I think much like you know other losers like Boyhood and La La Land, I think losing was the best thing to happen to 1917's Future Reputation. It is a great film, one that will probably be studied in film schools for year-on-end for how successfully it um, is shot and edited and all that stuff. Um, and it's pretty amazing to me living in a world where Parasite, Is on the wall in the Dolby as a Best Picture winner. I still, I, I honestly still can't believe
3: it. Uh, Tom, what about you? Um, I just enjoyed this award season so much because it was was, short. Yeah, it was short, (laughs) uh, and I didn't lose interest. Um, And part of it too is that there there weren't any major duds in the mix, and I won't speak of them. Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book um, uh, uh. that that uh, kind of whose ultimate Oscar success really kind of depressed me, and I came into the season worrying, oh my God, is there going to be another one of those? And uh, how this turned out was so beautiful, and um, I, I mentioned in, on Twitter that uh, you know I shed a few tears last night. I was yeah. just so happy, and uh, and uh, shared that uh, with the audience because the uh, the audience in the Dolby, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that kind of reaction to a best picture win and uh it's just kind of nice it feels like it's wrapped up in a lovely red bow that's even more beautiful than i thought it was going to be
4: I, I love watching, um, if you guys go back and watch the best picture win, I love watching the camera wants you to focus on like Bong Joon-ho, Song Kang-ho and so on and so forth. But like, if you look around them at other people just in the audience and their reactions to it, um, like off to the side, it's amazing. And then you have those cutaways. Like I've never seen Joaquin Phoenix clap as hard as he was clapping for Parasite winning best picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, as we said earlier, um, Tom Hanks in the front row um, when it looked like Parasite was going to have a a very unfortunate moment where uh, they got cut off. Uh, Tom Hanks led the charge in that front row of getting the lights turned back on. And it was amazing. I thought there was
5: an earthquake happening. It was
4: so great. Just such a great moment overall. Nicole.
7: Yeah. um, This was honestly one of my favorite Oscar ceremonies in years like since I can remember um and not just because every time they like cut to a shot of Sarah Sharon and I also had like Oscar Isaac over one shoulder and Timothy Chalamet over the other which felt set up specifically for me um (laughs) (laughs) but I just want to say you know we had such a a history-making year and a great year like you were saying Matt for inclusivity but let's not let that make us complacent Right. And let's continue to champion foreign films, films by women, films by people of color, um, films that tell diverse stories uh, uh, into this next season and beyond that. And obviously that starts with going out and seeing the movies. So um, we've got some great films coming out this month directed by women, directed by, you know, a, a group of diverse people. So make sure you're getting out to see them.
4: Yeah. Don't birds of prey at people. Seriously.
7: I'm wearing my Harley yeah. Quinn shirt right now.
4: <laughs> hmm. Josh Parm?
1: I mean, it was a nice ceremony overall, and it really, I mean, parasite winning is still something that I am over the moon about and almost still can't believe fully. Um, You know, I said last year that just because you're upset during one season doesn't mean you'll be upset the next, and I think you always have to take every season as it goes, and we ended things really well here. I'm I'm very happy about that, and I'm happy that we got to experience that as a community too. That was so incredibly heartening, and it reminds me why I love the Oscars in the first place. And it was a great way to end the year, a great way to end the decade. And I'm very very happy to see what the future has.
4: Yeah, I I, I you know I think a lot about that year specifically, and I remember um, the lowest I felt was Golden Globes night.
1: Oh. <laughs> Oh, boy.
4: But Oscar night I was, like, not as bad because Golden Globes night prepared me for it. Yeah. And what's very interesting is that I feel like that year in general has prepared me for anything. I How many times on the podcast this year did I say, guys, we need to be mentally prepared for Joker winning Best Picture? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, and it's like, but it's funny because I think about it and I say to myself, all right, if Joker really did, you know really win Best Picture for whatever. Um, is that enough to make me say I'm never watching this ever again?
0: No. No. Of course not. No.
4: I think, if anything, the main thing in the end uh, for me is never about the destination. It's always about the journey and it's all about what you learn uh, each year along the way and what you can take uh, with you. Um, not just in terms of predicting the Oscars. It's not about that. It's about empathy and it's about shared human experience. It's about um when we have a moment like that like we did last year uh there are those and some of them are actually part of next best picture who approve of that win uh for that movie and i think it's a valuable lesson in learning how to converse and learning how to listen and understand and you know come to some sort of a compromise i I think that there's always lessons to be learned every single award season and this year um the lesson i think nicole i think you just said it so so well this was a great moment it's a historic groundbreaking moment uh let's use it as ammunition to for the future and what else uh is possible now for um other um other underrepresented groups and uh i want to just say really quick thank you uh to all of you for uh what has been just an amazingly short but fun uh, award season run it, it got a little crazy there in terms of the uh the work for a little bit I I definitely could feel uh everything piling on this last week hopping off the uh, plane from Sundance and knowing that the Oscars were right around the corner but
1: are you telling me Matt that you
4: didn't appreciate like five guilds announcing
1: on the same day mm-hmm. no not really <laughs> <laughs>
4: But I really, 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 really don't want to undersell uh, the extraordinary work that you guys have all done for Next Best Picture and um, how integral you all are in making this community as strong as it is. And um, I know everyone that's listening right now, I know they appreciate the work that you guys do as well. So pat yourselves all on the back for a conclusion of an amazing award season run. I'm clapping for all of you right now. Much love. Much love.
1: Uh, and thank you for all the hard work
4: you do, Matt. It
1: is not go underappreciated by us either. Thank you. Yes.
0: Yes.
5: Mm-hmm. 100%.
4: All right. Uh, with that said, uh, the last housekeeping bit I have is uh, there were some polls being done this week on best Oscar winners of the decade since that's all wrapped up now. Every day this week, I'm going to be releasing multiple polls for multiple categories. Um, those will be uh, decided over the next two weeks. Other things to look forward to. We ourselves are going to have our own, uh, both internal and external NBP Film Awards for the best of the decade, which, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to uh, see uh, what the results are for those uh, nomination wise and, of course, for wins. And what else? What else? What else? What else we got going on? Obviously, the podcast, uh, Patreon episodes still going on. We're going to be doing some audio commentary soon. I want to set that up our 2014 retrospective during the offseason. season.
0: Whew. Can't wait, wait for that. Cannot <laughs> wait.
4: So excited. Oh That'd my God. Fun. Gone Girl, Nightcrawler, Man, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel. Come on. We all know good that year, these are going to win year. the polls for the films that we're going to review, <laughs> you know? So it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Uh, with that said, let's uh, have everyone give their Twitter handle. Dan Baer, starting with you.
6: Yeah, I am on Twitter at Dance and Dan on Film. Nicole Ackman.
7: I am at Nicole Ackman sixteen.
8: Cody Derrick's. You can find me all over every corner of the internet at Cody Monster ninety one. Every corner.
5: <laughs>
8: <laughs> Listen. <laughs>
4: Lauren Lamagna.
5: You could find me on the Twitter at Lauren Lamango.
4: Tom O'Brien.
3: You can find my yammering at Thomas E O'Brien.
4: Josh Parham. I'm on Twitter at J.R. Parham. And you can find me a Next Best Picture. Look at that, people. An hour and a half long podcast for something that I think was like three hours last year. Yeah, <laughs> it was over three hours last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought we did a pretty good job here. Uh, if you want to hear more thoughts from us about the award season, uh, the Oscars last night, and everything else that's uh, coming, I mean, Dan Daniel Howitt did this extraordinary article on uh, Oscar contenders uh, for this year, year in advance, which is... Hey, listen, God bless his soul for putting that together. I know I didn't have the time to do so. Uh, but there's a lot of really great stuff to look forward to, and you can find it all on nextbestpicture.com and also on the Twitter. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to Episode 180 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player, FMA, Cast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback there, as well as your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon for $1 minimum a month. You'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Stay tuned next week for a very, very special, very, very cool announcement on February 16th, Episode 181 for all those that are listening right now want to squeeze that in there somewhere thank you so much for listening as always we shall see you all next time